welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and thank you so much for tuning in today. I am thrilled about this conversation because as a young adult pastor, I notice that sometimes the church will put a lot of programming, resources, and emphasis on the married population, and the singles, as they would tell me, often feel left out. So this episode is dedicated to all the singles out there. We're going to keep it real and talk about the joys and the struggles of being single, as well as discuss how to maximize your singleness right now. So I brought on a panel of women that are doing extraordinary things. First, we have Joy Osahan, a Nigerian-American author, empowerment speaker, and faith blogger. She is the creator of Speak With Joy, a platform that aims to equip and empower women, youth, young adults to speak with joy despite life circumstances in the area of faith, purpose, and relationship. Um, So joining us from Jersey, uh, my fellow Black Christian influencer sister, welcome to the show, Joy. Thanks Uh, for having me. Next, we have Emery Colvin, an avid lover of words. She believes that they are powerful tools with the potential to create worlds. That's what's up. She began writing poetry and spoken word poetry, rather, in 2011 and is celebrating 10 years of honing the art form. So my fellow Mississippi College alum joining us from California. Welcome to the show, Emery. Thank you so much, Paul. It's an honor to be with you guys. Dope, dope. And we also have Mary Vaughn, also known as Sweet Mary Kay, who's passionate about living her sweetest life through Christ and encouraging women to do the same. As a licensed master social worker, her desire is to see people living a confident life of freedom. So joining us also from the Lone Star State, good old Texas. Welcome to the show, Mary. Hey, Paul, and thank you for allowing me to be a part of the conversation tonight. Yes, I'm so glad that all of y'all are here. So, ladies, we're going to start it off on a high note. And, Emory, I want you to kick us off. What are some of the joys of being single? Oh, I absolutely loved my single years. I had several of them. I just turned 40 and literally got engaged three days before my 40th birthday. (laughs) So, uh, I've been single most of my life. And I remember when I was younger thinking, I don't want to be bitter about being single if I don't get married young. I'm from the South originally, and everyone gets married you know, to their high school or college sweetheart. But I'll tell you, when I was in college, I was like, I got things I want to go do. <laughs> like, I got some things in me, and I got to go do some stuff. And if someone wants to keep up with me, great. But if not, I'm going to go. And so that's how I approached kind of my dating life. I mean, I did date a little bit in college, but at the end of the day, I ended up pursuing, I started a nonprofit by the time I was 25. And I started touring, doing one woman shows and spoken word uh, for faith-based events. And so I was on the road. I was getting to just live a life that I dreamed of since I was a kid, combining my passion for Christ and my passion for theater. Um, And I ended up actually getting paid to travel internationally and do kind of the same thing. So it was a really, exciting season for me to live out my singleness. Now I still wanted marriage. I still wanted to date and get to know fellas, but I really wanted to capitalize on the time that I had to pursue what was in my heart 
without having to think about asking someone else, you know, what do they think about this? Or is this something we can do together? And it, it comes down to, it depends on the season and the person and the calling of their life. Like some people are meant to get married at a young age. And I think that's amazing. And I say, go for it if you've found your person. But if you haven't yet, certainly don't let that hold you back from pursuing all that's in your heart because God has a plan for every season that you're in. So capitalize on that singleness. It is time you will not get back. <laughs> um, Very similar to Emory. I think just walking out in your calling and being able to do it and you're not being held back. Um, once I started blogging in 2015, that I, I'm looking back at it and I realized that I don't think I could have done any of that if, if pretty much I was married, right? I don't think I would have been able to do the things that I was doing, um, putting in the time because it was just extremely time consuming, working a nine to five job and then staying up late to write to, I mean, even now, like having written a book, I, I, I honestly think about like, I don't know if I was able to really balance out my time. And I'm a person where I love to multitask, right? But in this case, to multitask, what everything God was calling me to do, and, and also trying to balance my husband's emotions, his well-being, being present, there was no way I could have been able to do that. And so it was, it was one of those things where I really got to just begin to create things. And even most importantly, I was really developing my voice and developing my identity. And I think that that's something that I honestly would not have thought it would have happened if I was married. Um, and so now like I look back to who I used to be and I'm just like, even like my dating choices are not the same, um, which is a really good thing. And I thank God for that. Um, so I'm just really happy that I was really able to just start to do and it's not just work when it comes into my career, I have a job, but like the work that God also wanted me to do on top of that. So that's one of the things I I love. I liked um, what both Joy and Emery said. I think for me, um, I have newly found Joy. I'm, I'm only 25 years old, but I grew up in a two-parent home, so I've always wanted to get married. Um, I thought I was going to get married extremely young. I'm glad I didn't because... Yeah, I wasn't even ready for all of that. But now I enjoy like the independence, being able to, to get up and move when you want, being able to just kind of build your identity, build your personal self up without having to build someone else up, you know, intimately and emotionally. So I just like that freedom. Um, and so I've gotten to a place where I'm just like, okay, God, whenever you say, and I'm going to continue, like she said, to do the work and like Emory said, to just enjoy doing things and not just kind of being down and about not being in a relationship. Wow. Em Emory, Joy, Mary, y'all have hit the ground running. Like it sounds like um, life doesn't start when you're married. It starts right now. And so as your brother in Christ, I just want to say way to go, ladies, for making the most of your singleness. And now this is real people, real talk. So we got to keep it a book. What are some of the struggles of navigating this single life? And so we're going to go in reverse order. Mary Kay, talk to us. Like, what are some of the struggles? Keep it 100. For me personally, it's definitely the intimacy aspect of it. I'm I'm a relational person. And even in having been in relationships before, I just like the intimacy, just, you know, the talks, the late night talks, the cuddling, the, you know, 
So, you know, holy, you know, not too much cuddling because, you know, but um, just just the intimate aspect of being in a relationship, um, dates and stuff that you just don't do when you with friends and family. Like, I think people try to, you know, say things like, you know, you can do that with your friends. You don't need. But it's like, come on, some things you just can't do um, with your female friends that you do with your significant other. So that's would be what I miss. Like, you know, that's probably the biggest struggle um, that I would say for me. I love that Mary brought that up <clears throat> um, because I definitely agree with you on that. I think for me, it is having a partner to just do life with. I think one of the things is that, especially being in this pandemic for singles, it's like, you know, we're dealing with a lot, right? Like, yes, I have, you know, I I actually, I I look at my support system. I have a really great support system, but it's something different. Like, I don't want to keep dumping something on them because they also have their own life. And so having this one person where you can constantly dump things on, right? Like your frustrations, even if you have different ideas, different things you want to kind of start up, having this go-to person it's something that I definitely desire. And, you know, as I'm getting older, you know, I'm actually, I'm 33. And now I'm just like, all right, God, I'm at this point where it's like partnership, you know, like, yes, I do have this desire to get married. But for me, I, I, I really don't talk a lot about husband, this husband, that, but more and so partner, because it's one of those things where it's like, I want to do life with someone. I want to be able to build with someone. I want to be able to create something that's lasting, whether it's memories, whether it's wealth, whether it's like a solid home for our future children. And so it is one of those things where um, that's one thing I've been desiring. And being Nigerian, I mean, it doesn't make it any easier when you hit the 30s club. That's where you get calls from aunties back home, uncles trying to hook you up with other people that you haven't met. So like the pressure is there. Um, but of course, we know God's timing is better than our timing. But Lord, where's <laughs> where's my partner? <laughs> and it's just me being completely real, because I definitely think people often think that if you're, you know, walking in your calling, that you're fully satisfied. And yes, you are. But you still have these desires because God may want you to have marriage. Like God will give you your heart desires as you continue to spend time with him. And as I'm continuing to spend more time with him, my desires have definitely grown over the past several years because I didn't really grow up thinking about marriage like that. So I'm even sometimes a little bit shocked. Wow. Both Mary and Joy just hit on, I think, such core things that that bring pain as a single person. And that is the lack of connection and the support that you're looking for from a, your person. I mean, ultimately, um, I think part of the, the pain journey for, for me was knowing that I wanted to be married and knowing that I wanted children and keeping that balance and attention of not wanting to be bitter about not having it yet and wanting to walk my calling well and, and steward the purpose that God put me here on earth for well um, and not, you know, be mad at him for not bringing this thing that I had this desire for. And I, I think early on in my twenties and early thirties, I really had to um, balance that, that tension of like, 
I have this desire. Is that even okay, God? Like you, you've also created me to do all these things. I don't need a person to make me complete. And so as a single person, I'm rolling through these thoughts of like, it's okay if I don't get married, right? God, like you're enough for me. Should I even talk to you about this? And I think I had to really work through this connection with him as um, realizing that you as, as my father and Jesus as my brother and Holy Spirit as my comforter and nurturer, like you, you guys are enough for me. If, if I never got that husband, I would be hundred percent satisfied in Christ. However, that satisfaction doesn't diminish a desire and an ache. Even if it never comes, it doesn't mean that will go away. And so if you're struggling with that as a single person, I want to give you permission that you're not less than in your relationship with Christ if you're still dealing with that ache. It's very real. Um, but I also was like, okay, I feel like God, you've given me this desire because he forms us in the womb, right? And he's created us. And he He had our spirit in mind before our parents ever even knew each other. And he put his desires in us. So if you have a desire for marriage, then that is innate from, from the father. And I don't believe he gives us desires that he doesn't intend to fulfill. But we also live in a world where people have free choice, right? <laughs> so we are constantly in this tension. So I feel like part of the pain and the struggle as a single person is walking a lot of tensions and wanting to steward our relationship with the Lord uh, well, but also stewarding the relationship with the opposite sex well. Um, and I think as a single person, um, I, I definitely dealt with the dynamic with the Lord of how to walk through those two things, as well as walking through my relationship with men. Um, quite honestly, I uh, went from my 20s into early 30s, I was not emotionally healthy. And so I'm super thankful I did not get married in that time frame because I had a lot of healing to do that I wasn't even aware of, honestly. Um, and so it took time for me to come to a level of self-awareness and deal with the uh, emotional unhealth I had in my heart, which ultimately had to do with processing pain and not putting expectations on men that weren't theirs to fulfill. Um, and so that's kind of some, some of my personal journey. And I feel like it's a, a universal story. We all have pain and trauma in our lives that we may not have dealt with. And that shows up in relationship, right? Because relationship is iron sharpening iron. Relationship is intimacy into me see, right? We're letting someone all the way in. We're being vulnerable. And that hurts when you got to show some of those ugly parts or the ugly history, um, letting someone in, but it's also the most healing. So when you let someone into the painful parts and let them love you there, that's part of what brings healing, but we've got to process our pain well as well and not blame someone who it's not their fault for the original source of trauma or pain as well. I kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there, but I feel like the pain processing is a big deal. <laughs> no, I love that tangent. And I was over here as I was listening to all your answers, I was like, man, God is so good because I feel like I have the dream team on this panel because we're just on question two and there's so much value, valuable um, information that they had just given you because I'll be honest, I know that wasn't an easy question and I really appreciate all of y'all's like transparency because we don't want to paint a perfect picture of singleness. We want to paint a real picture of singleness. Just like in past episodes, I didn't want to paint a perfect picture of marriage. I want to give you guys a real picture of what marriage looks like. And so, um, Joy, 
on your Instagram, one of your posts, you said that singleness can be a gift when you unwrap its benefits. So I want to start with you first. How do you maximize your singleness? And I feel like in all your all of your uh, previous answers, all of y'all has already started to harp on this, but I want to ask it more directly. Like, how do you maximize your singleness? Because, you know, thinking of you first, you didn't wrote, you, you've written the book. So talk, talk to the people. Yeah, I definitely think one of the best ways is Embry brought it up and I'm so happy she brought it up and was very thorough with it. It's just this healing process, right? So a lot of us have stuff that we have to deal with and how are we dealing with it? Do we even see it as being a problem, right? Because a lot of the times when it comes on to reaching this level of being self-aware, it takes a lot for you to be self-aware to the extent where you're like, look, I need, I have to do some work. So, you know, taking this time to heal and then also getting to know you, you know, I think it's something so important for people to understand what do you like? What do you dislike? What do you like to do for fun? I have, you know, I have met like women who have no idea what they like to do, right? Like there's not, I mean, like granted, everyone has a level of personality, but people really aren't really like, I would say, aware of who they are. Like if you ask them like, hey, like on a typical weekend, what do you typically like to do? It sometimes is tied to another person. It's tied to a relationship. It's tied to dating. And that's the problem because when you meet someone, you should meet someone being whole, right? Or as you're getting to this place of wholeness, because because even with that, like even in the word, it says that it says that we're not a finished product until we're technically called home anyways. So it's like, it's like one of those things that as I, you know, as a single dating, I'm I'm listening to who like I I'm trying to figure out what do you like to do? Who are you? What's your personality? It doesn't sound wrong. Like, do you have a personality, right? Because just, you know, like just working a nine to five is not enough. Like, what are your hobbies? What are your talents? What are your gifts? What's your vision? All of those things. And I really think that when people start to begin to explore that part of them, they then realize that, wow, I am so much worthy that I can't deal with anything less than that. And even if you force yourself to, literally like this, <laughs> the Holy Spirit will convict you so much where like you will not be satisfied with this particular person or when you get to know them they a lot of the, a lot of the times they may say I feel like there's a wall up uh, well it's God saying that this fear ain't for you like we're not for each other so I think really to understand the gifting of it is to understand the person that God has literally created you to be Get to know you, man, Joy. Uh, that was so good. And I poised a similar question on Facebook as well. And one of my Facebook friends on um, page had this to say, singleness is a gift. I have time to enjoy my hobbies, my education, my work, and most importantly, my God. Treat it like the gift that it is. And so, Mary, I go to you first and then Emery. Like, what would you add to that about just maximizing this gift of singleness? Um, I think it was so good what Joy said. First and foremost, healing is so important. A lot of people are walking around not healed, not whole. And so it's like they're bleeding onto their relationships and the relationships are suffering and, and they're suffering as a person. And so I think that's one of the most important things first. And then I would speak from a place of 
not being bitter as Emery mentioned earlier. So I feel like another way to enjoy is not being so negative about the fact that you are single, not always talking about getting into a relationships. And like Joy said, finding what you like, finding who you are. Most people don't even know what they like. Most people don't even like, it's the simplest things. Like they might not like the air a certain way and they don't know that or they they're used to just kind of letting people walk all over them that they don't even have a voice to even speak up about things that they don't like you know i know the air was like very very basic but it's little simple things that people don't know about themselves so they wouldn't even know how to tell somebody how to operate with them and so i definitely feel like maximizing that is by to stop complaining and find you things you really like like you don't need a man to do certain things like I and what I love that I've been seeing about women lately is like doing things themselves like we're coming into the generation where we're starting businesses we're buying houses we're not waiting to get married for that we're traveling wherever we want to go and we're doing what we desire to do because who says that we have to wait on a significant other for that and so I definitely would say just heal get in get to know yourself be confident in who you are if you never get into a relationship with somebody and just enjoy yourself figure out what you like try new things take a trip go places like really just learn how to enjoy yourself by yourself so that when you are one day adding that to someone you have something to offer you have something to bring and so that's that's how that's what i would say so good these ladies have really covered much of what I would say. So I'm going to dovetail a little bit on, on what Mary just said about complaining. Um, Cause I have a passion for words. Like you said earlier, um, I believe words create our worlds. All right. So that I'm gonna give you some biblical foundation for that. That's Genesis one, one, right. In the beginning, God created, how did he do it? He said, let there be. So if we're made in his image, then we also have creative power with our words. So to Mary's point of not complaining, I'm going to encourage you to maximize your singleness by watching what you speak over yourself and over others. So um, I'm going to just give you a handful of things you can say here. You can say, I'm a man or a woman of God and I'm worthy of pursuit or I am capable of pursuit. Okay. So you can start speaking these things over yourself. Um, Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I am beautiful. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am uh, healthy and whole, or I'm on the journey of health and wholeness, you know, whatever it might be, wherever you are in that journey, speak it over yourself. Because the truth is we're three parts, right? We're spirit, soul, and body. And so our spirit can rise up and pull things in from heaven. Ephesians 2, 6, right? We're seated in heavenly places with Christ. So let's pull on who we are in heaven and make it on earth as it is in heaven, right? So we're going to use our voices to do that by creating an eternal reality that already exists in the natural reality that we sit in right now. So I'm going to go ahead and call future me into the present. So if you are a single, call that future you in and speak over a spouse you don't know yet. Fun little story. I actually found three journals that I did um, between, see, I think it was four and two to four years ago. I did a series of journals where I wrote out things I was praying for my spouse And I did not know um, my fiance at the time. And I just found these journals packing up 
um, my apartment. And so I brought them over for Valentine's day and I was like, babe, let's go through these. And I just want to see if any of this was going on. And I just, the Lord had given me several things to pray for his character, as well as situations I felt like were happening in his life. One of them was from like the summer of 2016. And I was like, um, I wrote here that you were asking God for these things. And I was asking God to bring them to you. Did that happen? And he was like, oh my gosh, I was a hundred percent doing that. And like asking God for those things. And it was so much fun and really built our faith in how God like has aligned our lives for each other, even, you know, four or five years ago. And so I encourage you to start speaking things over your spouse. What is it that you want? Start asking the Lord and declaring like, my man is going to be a kingdom minded man. He is going to be a man who is um, after uh, wealth, health, and wholeness in his life. And by wealth, I don't necessarily mean finances. Wealth means a lot more things in the kingdom. All right. We got to have a wholehearted uh, view of what wealth truly is. It has to do with much more than money. Um, But we just need to start speaking into who we are and what we are looking for in a spouse. And also, as you maximize your singleness on the dating front, look, coffee's coffee. It does not mean marriage. So chill out. Let, let some of that stress go and just go have fun getting to know people, just like what Joy was saying about, you know, developing who you are and what you're interested in and being on the lookout for someone who has like that personality you're looking for and, you know, just some fun about them. Um, just make it low stakes, go out and have a good time and just let connection happen. And if it doesn't happen, don't ghost them, have an honest conversation. Communication is key. So if you don't know how to communicate, learn that. Man, call those things that are not as though they were like the preacher in me just got excited when you was quoting the scripture. And so I really hope you, my dear thriver, dear listener, you are catching all of these gems that they are dropping right now. And that's going to remind you, this is such a rich and diverse conversation. Like you have somebody who's who's 25, who's 33, who's 40. We got the East Coast represented the West Coast and also the South. And so so Mary. On your Facebook post, I remember one thing that you that you posted, I think it was last month. You said, stop acting like single people have a disease. And when I saw that, I was so intrigued. Can you talk to the people about that? Yeah, I just don't like that people act like singleness is like the most horrible thing out there. Like they act like we're, it's, it's like almost like we're handicapped. Like we need holding hands. We need help like navigating through life. And like, it's like we're children. I think that the church does it the most because they have this thing where they have a lot of singles conferences and they're not even, I don't feel like they talk enough about enjoying singleness and maximizing that. They are talking about how to be a woman, how to be a wife, um, how to prepare to be married. It's it's like almost like I'm babying you and giving preparing you for marriage, but not even allowing you to be ready for who you are in that moment. And so, and I don't, I don't like how they handle us. I think that sometimes they just act like, because they're um, contrary to popular belief, there are people who don't even want to get married. Like they are fine with being single. And I think that they need to stop handling everybody. Like, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? You're getting older. That's like, stop. Uh, that that just needs to stop so that's kind of what um that kind of that's kind of what happened because I also feel like people get married and after like five minutes of being married they have all the advice to singles and it's like you were literally just in my shoes please relax like and so that's kind of where that came 
from. Oh, Mary, I love that. Um, that is very true. I felt that a lot um, in my single season. Like it was all about how to become the next thing rather than enjoy who you were. So I love that point. Thank you for drawing attention to that. I think that's really important is, is to learn how to enjoy the season you are in. And you can have the longing and the desire for the next season, but don't miss where you're at. You don't get it back. And being in a season of engagement, I'm now going, oh gosh, I I was in a meeting the other day and I was like, I actually can't. They asked me to take on this particular task. And I was like, I can't just answer because I have to run it by somebody now. Like, this is a time frame and a decision. And like, I have to have a conversation. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I can't just say yes or no. Um, so it's, it's a very real transition that you go through and you don't want to rush it. Like it's so, I loved being single. You guys, I loved it. <laughs> I had all the longings. I'm not saying that that wasn't there, but I also loved it. I had a blast. And so I love that you made that point. Thank you so much for sharing your heart on that. And I do want to add one of the things I have noticed, especially with these like conferences, it's like so much pressure and we always see a lot of the pressure are, it's usually weighed in on women than it is on men. Like you need to prepare to be this wife. And as a wife, it's like, oh, cooking, your looks and all of these things, but they don't tell you what to do. Like no one's telling you, girl, like, you know, like you need to get a hobby. Like, what do you like to do for fun? Um, you know, like you need to really invest in your health, oh, like your finances, get that in order just so that you can have an enjoyable life. And it's just one of those things, like it's just so much pressure. And like, that's why I've never really had it in me as much to invest money in some of these conferences. Cause it's like, I can just read the Bible, like, are, like it's just too much pressure where I, where there's just sometimes I'm just like, well, people know how to be a wife, but they don't know how to be a friend to their husband. They don't know how to be wise with finances. They don't know what they're passionate about. And I, you know, and a lot of the times we know with single women, we're targeted in the market as far as like, if you want a husband, do X, Y, and Z. Um, there's this whole movement and we see it a lot on social media, but I love the fact that you brought that up because I, I see it, I sense it and it gets, it gets so overwhelming and extremely tiring. I, I definitely agree. Um, real quick. I just like what you said about the emphasis always being on us and not on men hardly ever. Um, when a, a lot of the issue in the church, I would say is, is the lack of men and godly men. I think we kind of, um, out is we outnumber them. And so I think that a healthy thing is just focusing on keeping individuals like as humans. How do you be a human? How do you be a godly man? How do you got be a godly woman? Not how to be a godly woman for a husband or how to be a godly man for a wife, but how do you be a godly individual? Because I think that once you master that, and if you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, the rest will come, you know, because like you said, we definitely could just read the Bible. I mean, and, and listen to God when he speaks. And I think that we'll be okay without all the extra um, conferences and the to-do list and what we got to do. So I like what you said there. So to the church folk out there listening, please stop pressuring these women of God. And maybe if you have a conference 
And if you have a, a session that's like how to find your Boaz, just make sure you have a session about how to be a Boaz. And uh, I would drop the mic, but I paid for it. Um, I'm so glad that y'all spoke to that because I was really excited about this sermon. But with the snowstorm, it got canceled. I got to find another time to preach it to our college students, our young adults and our singles. But I wanted to do a sermon about single, save and satisfy. Because a lot of times people treat, as you said, like singles have a disease or like they're second rate citizens. But God views the singles just as beautiful in his eyes as he does those that are married. And so singleness is not a disease. This season, um, what my previous season of singleness, rather, it is a gift. So therefore, enjoy. And I said it on a previous episode, when you get to marriage, it's not like, all right, all your problems and all your trauma is going to be over. No, fam, it don't work like that. A lot of people think that marriage is the thing that's going to make them happy and satisfy them and fulfill them. No, only Jesus does that. Because when you come into a marriage or into a relationship thinking that your significant other is going to fully satisfy you, you are setting yourself up for a disaster. Like um, I was and my wife is okay with me saying this. I was happy single and I am happy married, not because of who I had a relationship with, um, but because I knew Jesus. But that's enough of me preaching. This is girls chat. So here. At Real People, Real Talk, we don't like to shy away from the hard stuff. So, Emory, I'll start with you. What are some, we want to encourage the people and want to be very practical. And we don't want this to be like a Sunday morning sermon, but something that people can use every day of the week. What are some practical tips to pursuing purity in this season of singleness? Yes, great question. Um, Know your boundaries is probably the top one, I would say. Um, it's very difficult to come up with boundaries when you're already in a relationship where feelings and sparks are happening. So if you can decide that before you enter a relationship, what those look like for you, um, and then communicate them. I cannot tell you how key communication is in a relationship. Again, if you are not good at that, go get good at it because it will save you a lot of time and heartache. Um, but yes, boundaries are really key. And when I say boundaries, I don't just mean physical. Um, physical is important um, and it will protect you. Keep in mind all of God's direction in scripture is to benefit you, not to harm you or keep you from something. It is to bless you, keep you healthy and protected so that you have even more to give and bring into a marriage relationship. Um But in addition to physical boundaries, I think emotional boundaries are really important and don't get discussed very often. Um, And that was one thing that uh, my fiance and I did talk about and go through a process on, which was such a great benefit to us um, as we proceeded in our relationship. We we actually had two breakups before we ended up getting back together. And it was because of how he handled himself and, and my heart in those two separate breakup seasons um, that allowed us a third chance (laughs) because we had emotional boundaries in place and he actively protected my heart and what he said and how he said it. Um, And that allowed us to be able to healthfully move forward in a, you know, resetting to a friendship. And then when it was time to re-enter a relationship, Um, but in, in singleness, it's very, very important that you make up your mind on these issues before another person enters the picture. Because oftentimes those woo-woo feelings take over and you're like, oh, kissing at you know, midnight sounds like a great idea. 
that generally ends up not being so much a great idea by the next morning. So (laughs) I would definitely say figure out your boundaries, both physical and emotional. Yeah, that was that boundaries are very important. I kind of want to share from kind of a testimonial aspect. Um, First, I want to say that purity is not just abstaining from sex. I think that everybody, well, a lot of people think, okay, I'm pure because I'm not having sex. But what about your heart? What about your conversation? What about um, your lifestyle, your relationship with God? And the reason I can say that is because I, um, backstory, at 16 years old, I had rededicated my life to Christ. Prior to that, I was a hot mess. And so um, at 16, I was in living in North Carolina at the time. And so I was doing a lot um, of youth events for my peers and just kind of being that voice for my age group. And so in that, I pursued abstinence. And so for six years, um, up until 22, I was abstinent. Um, And at first it was a place from like, I want to wait because, you know, I want to wait until I get married. And of course I want to please God. But what happened was me wanting to get married. It started to trump like that reason started to trump me actually being pure and living for God. So it it became a, a more so a pedestal I put myself on. And so I actually ended up falling. Um, and because one of the reasons I know that I end up following is because my motive changed. I feel like I was, I just started getting to a place where I wasn't even spending time with God like I should. And I was just more so just trying to keep up my look. You know, Mary is known for being pure. Nick Mary is known for being abstinence. Like I was hosting events and everything. And so I fell. I feel like part of the reason because of that, I was not secure in my relationship with God. And also what I don't like is these purity conferences. Um, Back when I, that was, I can't think of the year, about 2012, 2013 for me. And there was a big, you know, purity movement where, you know, um, if you wait, you're going to get a husband and don't kiss your husband and you have to do X, Y, Z. And it was just whole thing. It wasn't to me, it wasn't real purity. It was just don't have sex and that's not enough. Um, and so for me, that's kind of the, that's what I had grew up in. And so I was disappointed that I had failed. Um, but it was so needed because I felt like God needed to speak, um, to me and he needed to, I needed to renew my mind and, um, I needed him to create in me a clean heart. Like I had, I had to kind of start over. And so now I'm coming from a place of purity, not because I want a husband, because I live for God and I want to serve him. And so that's my practical tip. Do it for him and nobody else. That's, and, and if you do it that way, everything else will come. Very powerful. Um, I'm just so encouraged listening to you two ladies. Um, What I would definitely share is probably not the most joyful thing. It's something that people are eager to do, but um, I I would say fasting. And one of the things that it has been doing for me since last year is it kind of puts me in check in every area of my life. Um, it humbles me and it definitely has been reminding me that, um, I am broken. (laughs) I need God every single day. And, 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 and in these past several months, it has made me just realize 
just who I am and God more. Um, you know, my like walk has not been perfect. I'm gonna be very real, I'm gonna be very honest. And a lot of the times when people fall, they just feel like, well, I already did it. Let me just keep on doing it because of the condemnation that comes with it. But when you keep yourself in God's presence, you're constantly reminded that condemnation is from the enemy. And so fasting has definitely kind of, it's, it's reminded me that God is so gracious. He's extremely merciful. And there is this, and, 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 and one of the things that I've realized with fasting is that it's changed my standards. It's changed my standards with, with, with all the things I would do and the things I don't do anymore. It's, it's changed my standards as far as, you know, opening up my heart. Like I'm not like, I'm, I'm very transparent. But I'm not going to just like be on the, you know, like if I'm on the phone with you, sharing with you my entire vision, my dreams. No, it's 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 one of those things that I never would have thought in a million years that fasting for, you know, I, I was I've been fasting from last ever since last year, like a couple of times in the month and whatnot. I never would have thought that it would be extremely powerful where it changed my appetite. And it's one of those things where it's like I've had to deny my flesh to be like, all right, joy. You may want to do this, but again, when you're fasting, you're spending more time with God and in his presence. And when you spend more time with him, you become to get full from him alone. So it's gotten to the point now that even in my singleness, as I'm dating, I'm just like, yo, I don't feel satisfied by you. Or like, and mind you, I would, I would say, yo, back in the day, I wouldn't care, but now I, I, it's, 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 it's hard. And it's so hard when I have these conversations with my sister, I feel like she's probably looking at me like, this is not the same joy I knew in the summertime. And so even that alone and really incorporating that into your lifestyle, if you can, even if it's fasting for a day, or even if it's two days, um, doing it now, because of course, when you get married, I mean, you have to consult with your husband, like, hey, I'm about to fast for X period of time, da, 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 da. And so it's one of those things where it's, it's been, it's been putting me a check in such a way where I'm, where I literally say it is by the grace of God that, 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 that there have been certain things that does not happen. Or if I meet someone, there's a level of, there's a level of self-control that's just come over me. And it's, and it's not me. And fasting has reminded me of God's like, mercy and his grace because I am a hot mess. I can't do it. I can't. And I, and I can boldly say it. Um, that's why I was never really down for the purity movement conferences because people are going to get confused. They're going to be like, wait a minute, wasn't she just preaching, but she's doing this. So I already knew, and I had to be very realistic with myself and say, I'm not strong in this particular area, right? As the purity is only tied to like, of course, sex and whatnot, but you know, when I started fasting, I realized like purity, like you guys mentioned, is a heart thing. And, 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 and fasting has has honestly made me realize that. That was good. Really quick. I wanted I did want to go back and say, because Joy mentioned earlier, like the condemnation of, you know, I've already done it so I can keep doing it. Yeah, don't do that. I actually did that. Um, I when I once I fell, it was like, OK. Well, this big weight is lifted, you know, now I can do what I want, but you can't. And it um, actually led to me being in um, situations that I shouldn't have been in. And so I did want to say that even if you do fall, 
God is gracious, like she said. So you you just start over. Um, it's no pressure. Um, you know, repent. He's forgiven, and so you don't. I don't want you to feel like, oh, I gotta. Well, I'm I'm I've messed up now. You know, it's no turning back. You definitely can. In the words of the seasoned saints that I know, holiness is still right. So as Emery said, you got to set those um, boundaries. And then as as Joy also brought up, like, hey, fasting. I mean, thank you for that. That's a great episode. That's a great idea for another episode. And this one, you're, you're abstaining for food, for spiritual purposes. And instead of eating, you're using the time to be in God's word and you're using the time for for prayer. Uh, because if you are fasting and you ain't spending time in the word and prayer, that's a diet. But once again, that's another story for another day. And sometimes I'm gonna keep it 100 with y'all. We can fake it and we can hide things. And so once again, ladies, I want to thank y'all so much for being so vulnerable because I'm learning both as a pastor and as a podcaster to be more transparent. And I understand we can't tell everybody everything, but at the same time, I'm learning to be more transparent because people can learn a lot more from my scars as opposed to my stars. So I may say, hey, this I may share this story and I'm the hero. People may learn a little bit, but if I tell this other story, it's like, uh-uh, Jesus was the hero, then they will learn a lot there. And so once again, it's also um, Mary brought up, if you've messed up, hey, there's forgiveness. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Now, you may feel convicted because when you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit on the um, living on the inside of you. So if you sin and you mess up, yes, there will be conviction from the Holy Spirit, but there won't be condemnation. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. And this is just that feeling like, all right, I messed up. This this wasn't right. But then the condemnation come from the devil. Have you just weighing, weighing on you like, well, as Mary said, I mess up, so I might as well keep sinning. And I mean, God God probably mad at me, so I shouldn't be in my word. I shouldn't pray. Um, but once again, I didn't move from podcasting to preaching. So let me go back. <laughs> and so this last question here, and before the ladies answer this question, we had uh, somebody from our online community, and they're going to share with us some quick tips um, as it related to um, relationships. My name is April Franklin. So what I would say is I would encourage singles to have trusted spiritual mentors in their life who have permission to speak truth into their lives, to walk alongside them in the dating or courting relationships and be ready to hear, um, prayerfully listen to their observations and wisdom. Another thing I would add would be use your time as a single to the fullest. Don't think you have to wait until you're married to do ministry or hit certain life milestones and achievements like education degrees and buying a new home. My last piece of advice would be to not make marriage or relationships the goal. Our prize is Jesus in heaven with him. Nothing on earth compares or outweighs that prize. Thank you so much, April, for sharing that with us. No lies were detected there. So this is a flagship question here at Real People, Real Talk. And Joy, we will start with you. And is how can people go from surviving to thriving in their singleness? in 30 seconds or less, no pressure. Give God your yes. Whatever it is, you know, God is telling you to do. If he's telling you to write that book, write it. If he's telling you to launch that business, do it. If he's telling you to go to therapy, go to therapy. But whatever it is, whatever God's telling you to do, be obedient and give him your yes. Emery, talk to us. I recommend identifying your pain points and processing your pain and trauma and getting emotionally healthy being emotionally healthy, knowing how to effectively communicate and knowing who you are and who you are in him 
and being completely secure in your identity in Christ will enable you to navigate relationships from a healthy standpoint. Mary, sweet Mary Kay, talk to us. Man, both of them said exactly what, like they said it, okay? Give God your yes and get healed, period. Like you can't, you cannot thrive if you're not healed. And I, I'm that's kind of the social work in me, you know, like she said, dealing with your trauma and just being obedient to what God is telling you. Um, they said it for me. And so before I let y'all go, we want to know what's the latest thing that you all are working on and how can people connect with you? Emery, let's start with you. What you got? Well, I just released a video that I think will really bless your, your single gals and guys. Um, and that is called Hope Deferred. It's a spoken word poem I wrote when I went through uh, a, a breakup last year. And uh, it just really seems to resonate uh, with, with people going through all sorts of situations. But that is on my YouTube channel called Hope Deferred. And it also is in my new poetry book, which is on Amazon. It's called Seasons Change. So I've got a love and romance series available um, in book form there. And then I've got both uh, romance and worship spoken word on my YouTube channel. What I'm currently working on is coming back into the um, Christian influencer space, this time through consistency. So I have a blog, www.sweetmarykay.com. And I also have a YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash sweetmarykay, sweet, M-A-R-Y-K-A-Y. And so through that, um, I'll be sharing my journey, you know, just being real and raw and not holding um, anything back. So that's where we can connect. And uh, you can purchase my book. It's titled, This Is Not Your Typical Finding Your Purpose book. It is available on Amazon. Um, it's my first book. I should remind myself that I'm an author. Um, and then I guess if you want to stay connected with me with all the things I'm working on, you can check out my website. It's speakwithjoy.net. And yeah. Joy. Emery, Mary, y'all are incredible women, and I'm rooting for y'all to continue to do awesome things. I just want to thank you so much uh, for coming on the Real People Real Talk show and just adding so much value and content to my dear listeners. But thank you so much for listening. I never take it for granted that people tune into Real People Real Talk and to listen. And if this is your first time tuning in, thank you as well. And I hope that you stick around and go back and listen to our all of our other previous episodes with great content. And so, um, yeah, I appreciate you. Last thing, shout out to my brother in Christ, Lil Byron, for, for providing the tunes to today's episode. And be sure to click the link in the show notes to check out more of his music. Now, go be all that God has called you to be. Accept it, I ain't